Thank you so much for joining me here for this podcast voyage. This is the Meditative Photographer Podcast, and I am, of course, your host, Guru Jerry. I'd like to guide you through a meditation today, a photography meditation. So, if you wouldn't mind, please close your eyes. Try to focus on your breath. As thoughts about photography enter your mind, try not to judge them. Simply allow them to be. Allow them to float off into the distance. Maybe you're worried that your gear is a bit outdated. Maybe you think that your personal style doesn't stand out enough. Don't hold on to any of these preoccupations and realize that they don't serve you. They don't serve your creative ability as a photographer. Simply be, simply exist. Now, take this sense of calm and bring this into the rest of your photography throughout life. And as this meditation comes to a close, I would like to, of course, welcome you all to the show that this really is, which is the Photography Friends podcast. Actually, that was pretty nice. Maybe I've... Maybe I should become like a meditation guru guy, but I don't know. I don't want to put you guys all asleep on the podcast today. Um, anyways, I don't know if I said it or not, but I'm your photographer, Jared Poirier. And uh, and we've got a great uh, episode in store for all of you today. It's actually the, um, the final installment of our series on uh, the various niches in photography. This is the uh, the fifth episode in the series. Uh, so far, we've looked into real estate photography, boudoir photography, events photography, and food photography. And today we're going to be getting into uh, what, you know, might have a pretty good chance of being the greatest niche in all of photography, guys. Uh, you know, some people consider this the holy grail of photography, which is, of course, wedding photography. Uh, I interviewed a phenomenal uh, photographer and a good friend of mine. He's actually been on the podcast before, Michael Tenalia, and uh, he does a lot of different photography. He actually does uh a lot of like event photography and stuff like that but he's also done quite a few weddings he was kind enough to share some of his experience some of his expertise with wedding photography uh and we're gonna get into all of that stuff but first 
we need to thank our beautiful, gracious, wonderful sponsor, which is of course, CloudSpot. It's the easiest way for photographers to deliver and sell their photos online, you guys. Uh, photographers can experience beautiful galleries. Your clients can experience easy downloads. Uh, you can save time, you can impress your clients. All you gotta do is check out that link uh, down there in the old description and uh, you'll be able to get 50% off CloudSpot. So, wedding photography. Uh, it's a area of photography that uh, is treasured by many. It's an area where I think you can make a lot of money. There's a lot of work, you know, everything, every uh, single summer, people just keep getting married, you guys. You can't, can't stop people from getting married. Even, even myself, I got married last year, you know? So, so even I'm not blameless here. But is wedding photography right for you? Well, we're here to get to the bottom of that. And uh, that's why I asked Michael all of these uh, great questions about the, the very nature of wedding photography to, to help you guys decide, you know, if this is something that you want to get into. Uh, I used to do a lot of songs on the podcast. Haven't done a song in a while. Kind of miss doing the songs. So for each one of these sections, I'll just kind of do a quick, uh, quick song. I don't know. What are the best things about wedding photography? Okay, this is a segment where, uh, not surprisingly, we're going to talk about the best things about wedding photography. Now, I've never done any wedding photography myself. I would love to get into it. I'm moving to Niagara-on-the-Lake soon, so I'll probably have to get into doing some wedding photography. I don't think that uh, there's going to be any choice at this point. Um, but <laughs> according to Michael, um, some of the best things about wedding photography uh, include working weekends rather than during the week. Uh, you know, some people like to have the weekends off, like to have the weekends to themselves. Some people enjoy uh, the option of working on the weekends and being able to chill during the week when everybody else is at work. So, you know, it kind of depends on the type of person that you are. Some people hate working weekends and just cannot do it. Uh, the freedom to choose your clients, uh, pick people that you get along with. This is a really nice thing about wedding photography. I think this kind of extends to other forms of photography though. Um, you can kind of always pick your clients, I guess, unless you like are working for an agency or something like that. But anyways, Michael's highlighted that here. Uh, you get paid to party. Uh, which is nice, you know, you're often in uh, a nice atmosphere doing fun stuff. People uh, tend to be in a good mood when uh, they're at weddings. People are, you know, consuming some alcohol sometimes <laughs> at weddings and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a nice environment to, to work in. And uh, if you're someone who's very extroverted, right? Like if you like being around people and you get a lot of energy from being around people, then uh, that can be great for you. All right, it's time for another song here. Um, this will have to be like a more scarier 
song because we're going to talk about the worst things about wedding photography. So the worst things about wedding photography. Okay, so these are the worst things uh, about wedding photography. Uh, editing, <laughs> number one, Michael says uh, that the editing is the worst thing about uh, wedding photography. I could understand that. You take a crap load of photos and you have to go through and edit all those photos, even just culling them would uh, would take a lot of time. You probably end up overshooting a lot at weddings, I would guess, just to make sure that you uh, do get coverage of everything. So yeah, I could see that being, uh, being a frustrated part. And me personally, I definitely prefer uh, the shooting side of things to the editing side of things. There's lots of people who are very gifted editors, and I don't know, I guess that they I guess they don't have attention deficit disorder like I do because <laughs> they're they're able to handle uh, sitting down and doing all of that uh, editing. Other than that, uh, Michael points to uh, all of the client meetings and emails that go along with wedding photography. I could definitely see that being kind of a problem. And uh, the fact that these days everyone has cell phones and especially, you know, Obviously leading up to it, but especially on the day, I can imagine uh, people bothering you quite a bit with the, with the cell phone thing and, you know, trying to make sure that you're doing the job that you're already trying to do. <laughs> so, yeah, I could definitely understand um, that being a frustration. There was another really interesting thing that uh, Michael brought up in my conversation with him. Basically, the fact that no one ever really finishes their packages with wedding photography, right? In a sense, people get their fix when they just get those initial images and uh, they can post those on Instagram and get those likes, those comments. And that's kind of these days what a lot of people want. So if you're kind of a completionist and someone who uh, can't really handle uh, the fact that like a project just kind of fizzles out and you don't complete every little last part of it, um, you know, this, this might be really frustrating to you. Uh, I guess it would be fine as long as you get paid, right? <laughs> like, I guess it's okay. Uh, and yeah, another thing, uh, Michael didn't really mention this, but maybe he's just such a cool customer. But I would think that there is quite a bit of pressure when you're doing wedding photography, right? Pressure to make sure that you're, uh, that you're getting every single shot, that you're not missing any moments. For this reason, some people rock like two cameras or even bring like a second shooter. I could definitely see wanting to have like a second shooter as a wedding photographer just to make sure that you're not missing any moments and stuff like that. All right. Uh, third section here. That is the section on gear, which is already almost a song. All right. Here we go with another acoustic jam here on the topic of photography. Feeling, uh, feeling a D chord on this one. Gear. So the gear that you need for wedding photography. Uh, Michael went with 
a good bag to start. Uh, pretty surprising, you know. That's not really the first most glamorous, exciting uh, piece of gear that I would think of right away. But uh, for Mr. Tenalia here, he said that a good bag is is the key. So for for what for what that's worth, uh, good straps. Uh, harness for two cameras not only will that make you look like a badass kind of getting like those cowboy uh, gunslinger vibes going but you know you'll you'll also have both of those cameras easily accessible mentioned earlier it's really helpful to have two cameras when you're shooting weddings right uh, maybe you want to have like a 50 millimeter lens on one and like a zoom lens on the other just to make sure that you have all of those options uh when it comes to the actual cameras um, themselves, Michael has two Sony A7 III's, uh, very similar to my camera, which is the A7 IV. Um, he mentions here, um, you know, kind of those classic portrait uh, prime lenses, 85 millimeter, 50 millimeter. Uh, he also shouts out the 24 to 70 uh, and the 70 to 200 for when you need a little bit of zoomage, you know. Um, and having, you know, a nice aperture on those would be good as well, I imagine, right? Being able to get a bit of uh, bokeh and stuff could be nice for a nice effect uh, for wedding for wedding photographers. Um, camera flash is another thing that Michael brings up. I think that's very true, uh, depending on the weather, right? Like in some situations, you might not have to use that flash uh, if it's like nice weather, you're outdoors or whatever, uh, but definitely for those indoor shots, uh, those, uh, you know, shots of people dancing and stuff like that, you'll probably wanna have that flash, even one that you can uh, take off of your camera, have like a remote flash uh, scenario going on. I could see that being very useful. Um, the the small things that you don't think about, right? Those things that aren't glamorous, like the uh, the batteries, the memory cards, all of that stuff. Having backup uh, memory cards, backup batteries, having everything charged up or uh, formatted, ready to go, whatever it is, just to make sure that uh, you're not wasting any time and that you're not missing any moments. Um, yeah, uh, there's also the the idea of getting like a battery grip. This is another thing that can be really good if you're shooting for long hours and you don't wanna be switching out batteries. Uh, a battery grip allows you to shoot for lot longer, makes your little, your camera a little bit bigger and a little bit heavier, but uh, if that trade-off is worth it, then it is. Okay, we can get into some of the perks here of uh, wedding photography with another song. This one's about perks, so we're gonna go kind of happy on this one. Uh, maybe like this kind of bar chord action. That should be pretty good. Perks, 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 perks. Perks, 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 perks. Perks, 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 perks. It's time for perks. All right, that's the song about perks. And these are some perks of wedding photographers. Wedding photographies? Wedding, wedding photography. Uh, being part of the family, right? Uh, you know, the, the unique uh, personal bond that you make with people uh, by shooting their weddings, right? If you shoot something that's like really, really personal. Uh, I even did a little bit of like 
video uh, stuff, nothing too extensive. I was just, uh, you know, just just helping a buddy out. But at uh, my friend Luke's wedding, I did a little wedding video stuff, uh, like recorded some stuff of his dad and just of the the ceremony a little bit and stuff like that. And yeah, it was it was touching and it was nice to to be able to do that, right? And to to be part of preserving something very personal. Uh, yeah, something very special about that. Um, a lot of the time you end up, you know, if you do a good job, <laughs> you end up being friends with the people, the bride and groom. Uh, you basically have an in with the family, right? And if you are shooting great wedding photos, uh, you're going to get referrals. You're going to get more work. There's also the ideas, uh, uh, the idea of destination weddings. So maybe you get to travel to somewhere really cool. Uh, and shoot the photos there. And I can imagine that being a uh, pretty boss, pretty fun experience. Um, and sometimes people tip you, apparently, which would be pretty sweet. Uh, so yeah, there's there's some pretty good perks in there, guys. Like, you know, I said at the beginning of this episode that, uh, that wedding photography has a decent chance of, uh, of winning this being declared the greatest niche in all of photography. But we have one more category before we find out. Making that money, doing photography. Making that photography money, shooting the weddings, yeah. That was the worst one yet. Um. <laughs> This, this is going to be a simple section, though. Uh, it's just how many dollar signs. just want to make sure I don't mess up my guitar. How many dollar signs out of five are we talking? And this might not come as a surprise for you guys, but Michael uh, said, and I agree from what I know about wedding photography, it's a five out of five. When people are getting married, especially if it's like, uh, you know, big, important, fancy wedding. People are expecting to spend some money. And, uh, you know, it's not rare for people to make thousands of dollars, uh, you know, two, three, four, five, whatever, possibly thousands of dollars uh, shooting weddings. And yeah, it's one of the most lucrative uh, forms of photography out there. And I guess that brings us into our last section here uh so i don't know if do you guys want a song for that um it's the best niche section <laughs> so you know is wedding photography the greatest niche in all of photography well this might be kind of anti uh, climact climactic, but um, the truth is that there probably is no greatest niche in all of photography, right? The truth is that there's only really a best niche for you, right? Everyone's different. Everyone's approach to photography is different. Everyone's interests are different. Uh, so it's going to be very difficult to say, oh, there's one ultimate niche, right? Um, but in terms of deciding what niche you want to get into in photography, I think it's really important to ask yourself questions like, how extroverted are you? Uh, how well can you handle stress, right? Um, who do you enjoy 
working with. And I want to say, like, most importantly, (laughs) what are you into, right? If you're not truly interested in the thing that you're doing, the thing that you're shooting uh, photos for, then it's going to be really hard to put yourself out there every single day and put in the work that it's going to take to be successful, right? It's got to be something that you're passionate about. Um, so in going through this series, uh, there's a, there's some things that I've realized about myself, right? And realized about um, choosing a niche in photography. Uh, the reality is that you're probably going to need like two target demographics, um, with your photography, right? You're going to need the thing that you're doing for, uh, you know, artistic gratification, the thing that you're doing for fun, uh, just to improve your own skills or just because you truly enjoy it. Right. Uh, and for me, that's kind of like concert photography and stuff like that. Uh, taking photos of my dog, (laughs) uh, for, the other thing that you're going to need to target, right? It's the thing that's going to like make you the majority of your money. You know, I do a lot of like explainer videos and stuff like that, bigger video shoots. Uh, I plan on getting into some like commercial work and things like that. Um, yeah, they're like fun to do. Uh, they're enjoyable. I'm definitely improving my skills, definitely, uh, utilizing the things that I know about photography and video. Um, but they're what I do for money, right? They're, they're a good chunk of money and, uh, and they keep the business going. So yeah, think about that. Think about having those, those two things, having that thing that's generating a lot of income, but also that thing that reminds you, uh, why you got into this in the first place, right? That thing that reminds you, uh, what you love about photography. And, uh, there's this idea in filmmaking. I believe that this was, uh, kind of coined by Martin Scorsese pretty famous director. Maybe you've heard of him. (laughs) Uh, He came up with this idea of, you know, directors working in Hollywood uh, that you create one for them and one for you, right? I think that's a really good way of summing up what I'm trying to talk about here, that uh, if you really want to make it uh, in like a creative business, you, you got to have both things, right? You got to have the thing that you're doing for artistic uh, gratification, and then the thing that you're doing uh, to make a bunch of money. So that's it for this show, guys. That's it for this uh, series. It's not it for this podcast, obviously. (laughs) Love doing this podcast for you guys. Um, But you know, uh, I am moving. I have uh, been going through quite a lot of changes. I have been very, very busy. Uh, I've been doing a lot of video editing and thinking of, you know, kind of retooling things, maybe approaching podcasting, maybe approaching content in a different way. I want to free myself up in certain ways. I want to be able to experiment, uh, you know, with with content creation and art and all of that stuff. So I'm gonna gonna be uh, screwing up the schedule of this podcast a little bit. Uh, for the next few months, I wouldn't expect weekly episodes. I think it'll be kind of a spontaneous release schedule. Might be doing uh, some vlogs and some other stuff like that. So uh, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel. Uh, Jared Poirier on YouTube. Make sure that you are uh, following the podcast on Instagram. Um, you know, 
photo underscore friends underscore pod any uh content that we're doing that's uh you know aside from the podcast itself the audio podcast i'll uh i'll be putting up out there and uh yeah i just want to thank you guys so much for for all of your support on the podcast and uh look forward to bringing you lots of great content over the coming months and uh check out our sponsor cloudspot there's a link down in the description and uh and what else can i say you guys are the best friggin' photographers and uh truly i appreciate you listening appreciate you supporting the podcast i love you guys i'll see you soon